Bandwagon Nerds is taped in front of a live studio audience. again fellow basement dwellers welcome back to another edition of bandwagon nerds episode 92 the unstoppable march to 100 continues on it is me one of your hosts the lawyer dave unger i am here today welcoming you in on this monday afternoon by the time you guys hear this uh mr o'dowd our usual fearless leader he is not going to be with us for few weeks anyway a couple weeks two or three weeks i'm not sure how long it's going to be but it'll be a little bit of, bit, bit of time as he tends to real world issues at his job and uh i i am actually not alone here today though because that would be some really shitty podcasting if it was just me talking about nerdy stuff i am joined by a couple of uh regulars or at least semi-regulars one of the uh the uh pillars of the community is of course the one and only reverend ray cash ray how are you doing my man Pillars of the community. What you trying to say? I'm like some type of Louis Farrakhan dude with pillar of community. What am I? I'll what, go with that. Am I? Am I sitting outside your house with the bean pie asking you to read this paper and donate to the to the message, brother? Is that what we're doing? Sure. Let Let's go with okay. that. Let's see how far that gets us. So, well, right. hey, I'm a pillar of the community. I'm my mind, man. How you living, brother? I'm hanging in there, man. Hanging in there on this uh, lovely kayfabe Sunday uh, morning sort of thing. So. Always kayfabe. Always kayfabe. Kayfabe's not dead here, at least not completely. Uh, Until we start giving spoilers. (laughs) That's right. right. But we are not alone here today. We are joined by, this is definitely one of the semi-regulars on the show, and welcoming him back in. It's been a few weeks since we heard from this young gentleman, this tremendous, another pillar of the community. I'm not sure which community, but he's a pillar of the community anyway. The voice of Chair Shot Radio, the one and only Christopher Platt. Greetings and salutations, ladies and gentlemen. Pleasure to be back. And I am a pillar in quite a few communities, uh, a lot of which we cannot speak on. But trust me, I am a pillar in said communities. Yes. yes. You're, are you a pillar or are you on a pillar, like in terms of like the, the, the pieces of paper that they have in post offices, if you know what I mean? Oh. Oh, we getting meta here. I am a pillar on a pillar. Yeah. Want it. Dead or alive, <laughs> to quote Bon Jovi. Nobody wants me. What you talking about? Which of course, <laughs> if you listen to uh, Chair Shot Radio this morning, you will know. And Chris and, and Ray are hearing this the first time. Ray, I got to give you credit. You were the inspiration behind my pick this week, which was Bon Jovi, because of we talked about it on Auto Tune, the discussion last week, and you got me thinking. 
and I covered Bon Jovi. And of course, Patrick's pick was the Bare Naked Ladies. So, uh, Bare Naked very, Ladies. Very fun episode mm. of Musical Chairs this morning. I hope everybody enjoyed that and uh, learned a few things. But, uh, you know, I was sitting there talking to my wife about this and, and, you know, talking to you guys about it and realized that with you two on here, I was going to be like the token white guy. So we brought in my wife so that she could she could be on here as well and kind of like balance out things. <laughs> just kidding, guys. I'm just bullshitting with you. Uh, no, but my wife did want to come on because she uh, has watched some of the shows we're going to talk about. She hasn't been on a while. So welcoming back to the show, my lovely wife, Kayleen. Thank you very much. Hello, basement dwellers. That's right. We're all we're all a bunch of basement dwellers here. She knows how. Hopefully you're in your own basement and not your mama's. That's true. Hopefully, but probably not. <laughs> <laughs> we we, we got to read the room a little bit. Oh, <laughs> uh, so we got a, we got some fun stuff to talk about here today. Uh, little a few different things to talk about. I kind of wanted to pick the guys' brains on a few issues here while I got them on the show, and kind of just uh, cover a few. Yeah, different areas of topics of conversation. We're going to start off, though, by talking about episode three of This Is Pop, which uh, we've been covering the first two episodes. And like you, like I mentioned, Ray was a, a big motivation uh, when we talked about auto-tune last week. We got Bon Jovi stuck in my damn head. And, uh, and, and it just kind of went off from there. But this week, we kind of left the realm of auto-tune and went all the way halfway across the globe to talk about the Swedish influence on pop music. And I thought this was a really interesting episode because, yeah, I think Swedish music and ABBA is one of the first things that comes to mind. But this episode actually went a lot deeper than just talk. About, I mean, the ABBA discussion was fun, but I did not realize the um, the tremendous influence of, of, of Sweden as far as like, you know, they're not pumping out super bands and stuff. I mean, yeah, they talked about Ace of Bass and Roxette on the episode as well, but it's the songwriting going on and the impact and the influence that that had on, you know, like possibly the biggest boy band in history, the Backstreet Boys, uh, Britney Spears, who of course is in the news nowadays. Uh, so I thought it was a really interesting episode to kind of go through and, and say, yeah, you know, th- th- I didn't realize that Sweden had that kind of influence on, on the music industry, but it sure does. What do you, um, what are your guys' thoughts on this episode, Ray? I'll kick it over to you first. I know you really like this episode, um, so mm-hmm. just kind of want to see what you thought. What I what I love about this this series, uh, this is pop, is it puts so many things together in my mind, almost in a limitless from the movie kind of esque way. Whereas, like, I have all this random knowledge that I've heard or accrued, and then I see this, and it puts it all together. One of those being, I remember. That before NSYNC came out in America, they were huge in Sweden. Never crossed my mind why. Now I see why. And so it's really it, it really put things two things two and two together for me. Um, number another thing I never would have thought of is I just learned what the Eurovision uh, tournament was last year. In fact, it may have been last year or this year. I but I just learned about. It. I didn't know what it was. So for to know that ABBA used that tournament. And did it in English for the purposes of getting big and blowing up is genius. So more than anything, these Swedes clearly have a model. Shout out to Dennis Pop. Rest in peace to the homie. 
because he is clearly one of the 20 most influential people in recording music history, clearly, with all he's done. Um, shout out to Max Martin and the whole Sherry on Records and everything that came of that. But what was really interesting to me, besides the fact of their thought process on music, is their relentlessness on, we don't care about if you even know who we are. It's just about the business, it's just about the music. Because, you know, nowadays, I'm a hip-hop guy. Um, I don't know so much about the production values of rock music because it's live music essentially recorded. But so much in hip hop is studio recorded, right? You got to have a beat made. You got to have instruments put together, this, that, and the other all through. It's got to be mixed and mastered. It's all different. But nowadays, DJs are artists. DJ Khaled, uh, you know, um, um, DJ Chose down here in the South, even uh in edm music which is actually where dense pop came from the dj is the set right you know what i'm saying uh dead mouse and skrillex and uh, david david getter and all these people the sweetens don't give a shit the sweets don't care they just want the music to speak for itself and um brian Luttrell, homie from the backstreet boys spoke to that they didn't care they didn't care if, we, if anybody knew who they were he was like i can hear a song and know that's max that's Dennis. You'll never know. Did anybody all the time? Platt, you're you're closer to me than than Dave is. When you heard "Hit Me, Baby" one more time for the first time, I remember where I was, dog. I remember literally where I was in life when that happened. I never thought some Swedish dude wrote that, mixed that, mastered that, came up with the beat for that. Never. So it's just it's crazy to see that things are so much bigger than you think they are. You know, this little, this little, well, at the time she was 15, 16. So this little cute looking schoolgirl, white girl from the swamp in Louisiana is popular. She's from backwards Louisiana. Keep it a buck. Yeah, she is. Yeah. But out of Stockholm, Sweden, like it's, it's, it blows my mind. It really lets you know that music really truly is a connective language. Like, even if you, I love, that's another, I'm sorry, I'm taking too much time. That's another thing that I loved that Dennis Pop and Max Martin and all the people in that, uh, that tree or whatever you want to call it, spoke about was simple lyrics, dog. Because in Japan, they're going to sing it. They don't know what shit means, but they're going to sing it. But they can feel it. Everybody knows, everybody knows I want it that way. Nobody knows what the fuck it means. I was going to ask but you, everybody, do you know what way you want it yet? Have you figured that out? Man, I've been singing that since like 2000. Still don't know, but I'm gonna keep singing it though. <laughs> Platt, do you know what way you want it? I, I, I'm just wondering, man. I certainly know what way I want it. Unfortunately, my lady's not gonna give it to me okay. the way I want it. Okay. So, uh... <laughs> <laughs> but at least you know what you want, and and that's that's bigger than uh, a lot of the guys on this. You did you watch this episode, Chris? Yes, I, I did. I actually played catch up. I know catch up goes on hot dogs, but yeah, I watched all three of these episodes this weekend in, in preparation for this show. I actually, I think I liked the first two a little bit better than this one, but this was fascinating. I mean, you know, for years you had heard the name or I'd heard the name Max Martin. I knew he was this guy mm -hmm. that wrote all these poppy songs, and all these, you know, whatnot. Didn't know anything about him. Didn't know what he looked like. Had no idea whatsoever he was Swedish. 
And it, it, it was just crazy seeing all these huge ass groups and artists just flying over there to Sweden and being there cooped up in there for, you know, weeks and months on a time and coming out with these super mega hits. You know, it was crazy. Um, one thing that I've always by the way, free Britney. Got to throw that out there. But uh, one thing that I always um, appreciated about European artists is, is that without question, they always pay homage to the, the black artists that inspired them. You know what I mean? They they yeah. really do. Like like in, in my debate versus the Stones versus the Beatles. Well, number one, I like the Stones music better. But another thing that brings me over the top, if you listen to their first few albums when they first came over here, those are blues records. Every single one of them was blues records. And they always made notion to the fact that they always well, they always paid homage to Muddy Waters, who was a big yeah. influence on them, even to the point where he they brought him on tour with them. So that's something that I've always appreciated about the Europeans. It just, you know, when it comes to pop music in, in, in general. But yeah, this was fascinating. Seeing, you know, all those hits that came out and yeah, it was just it was very interesting. Yeah, you'd be hard pressed to find a Beatles song that sounds bluesy. That's uh that's for day. Other than Rocky <laughs> Raccoon, that might be the only one that and that's not really bluesy. That's no. more country western mixed in with I don't know what. It's one of my well, favorite country Beatles. is Country, country is blues, blues just with yeah. a little more twang to it. That's all. Yeah. yeah. I mean, yeah. We'll talk about that next week, by the way. That's right. That's right. Country is is a big focus on on this is pop next week. Uh, babe, what do you think? You sat there and watched this with me. You were uh, you were very interested in this show. It's uh, it's or, or this episode especially the Swedish influence on music. Uh, much digger, much bigger rabbit hole than I think any of us thought it was. And I dig that baby. Yeah. <laughs> yes. Digging my own hole here. Yeah. So, anyway. No, I really enjoyed it. And, you know, I've always known that there was a Swedish influence in, in a lot of pop, but I did not realize to the extent how far it trickled down and, and all the all the timelines that it branched out into, so to speak. There's um I remember I was telling well, I was telling you last night on the couch, you know, the first time I heard ABBA, I think I was seven years old and, and I heard them on the radio and I loved them and, and I've grown up listening to them and loving them. And I remember taking some flack sometimes over the years for loving ABBA. Um, and I still love ABBA and I don't care now if I take any flack from anybody, they can go, you know, tick off, but, um, the the it was very very interesting and I loved knowing uh, the history about um, just how far the Swedish influence affects us. I love Britney Spears's stuff. I love you know In Sync and Backstreet Boys and some of the other uh, was it Ariana Grande that uh, had Ariana a song? I'm not Grande sure. I, could, I can't remember all the artists. Adele, yeah. Um, but it's just amazing to see how deep and how how influential they've been in american um pop music and um and and the culture and it's and it was nice they are um they they do uh take such uh, satisfaction in knowing that they've uh, gained success but they're very humble and kind about it they're not um they're not braggarts and that's really a nice a nice thing, especially nowadays with so many people just getting out there and running their mouth about their success and stuff. It's nice to see people have success and, and, um, and, and just be good with it and, and be kind and humble about it. Yeah. It's uh, it, there were so many cool little aspects of, of it. I, I mean, 
I mean, like ABBA is not one of those bands. They're not going to be like in, you know, my, my go-to band, but I appreciate what they did. I mean, I've kind of kiddingly called as soon as Ray said that he loved the episode, I started calling him hashtag dancing queen. So, uh, you know, instead of, uh, it's at a mid midnight rider. Now he's dancing queen, but, uh, it's, uh, it is fascinating when you think about just the, the range of acts that they've touched upon when you go from like, like ABBA, like and, and their own countrymen, not really accepting them for the longest period of time because, well, your music, this this dancing queen Waterloo shit isn't sophisticated enough. We can't support this. You've got to write lyrics like Rush, or we're not going to support you. And and you know, it's like, uh, and then they gradually, once they broke through, and everybody was singing Dancing Queen and the Winner Takes It All and all this other shit, then they became accepted. Um. You know, Roxette never got that kind of acceptance. Ace of Base never got to that level. I don't. Well, maybe you could make. They, they had a, in the 90s, they had a, a, a little bit of a run. You know, yeah. that the sign that was huge. You know what I mean? Well, yeah. That was a huge. Apparently, record. apparently that's still from from what according to the sh- to the show, the biggest debut album in history to this day. Ace of Base. Ace of Base. Wow. 32 million records sold in that first album. That. That's crazy. That is crazy. When you think of that, okay, maybe they were bigger than ABBA. I don't know. I <laughs> when I think of Sweden, I don't think they're bigger than ABBA total because they were more of a ABBA lasted. They were more of kind of a one hit wonder type, a one record wonder kind of thing. Yeah, when I think of Sweden, I think ABBA and Stefan Edberg, the all one of the tennis players, the tennis players, yeah, yeah, yeah. tennis yep. player. Yeah. So, <laughs> uh, and 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 a, and a really good hockey team. But uh, it was a fascinating episode to be sure. Uh, it, 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 very different from the first two. That we've seen. Well, I mean, sort of. I mean, I could see there are a lot of parallels, obviously, between Backstreet Boys and Boys to Men. And they even talked about this in this episode that, you know, sure. they, they that Boys to Men was the biggest act in America at the same time that Backstreet Boys was kind of breaking through with, you know, I want it that way and all that. But but yeah, it was a really, really cool episode. Very different. Uh, you learn something new from this series every time you tune in. Because like when Chris had asked me, it's like, well, do I have to watch the other two? I was like, nah, there's no continuity at all here. They're just all over the place. And uh, but I, I'm glad you watched the first two because they're great episodes as well. So yeah, uh, what it, what is on the tap next week, Ray? It's a uh, country, right? It is. Your favorite, the, it Dave. is. Yeah, my favorite. Yes. What if country? What is the difference between country and pop? There is very country western music is very much a genre that wants to be its own. And we've seen that there are people who have went from country to pop. Garth Brooks comes to mind. Dolly Parton, they talk about. But it starts off talking about Lil Nas X and Old Town Road and how it was the number one song in the, in the country charts. And then they took it off. And it's a really cool, really cool discussion. Even if you don't like country music, it's a cool discussion to think about. I take it you've already the- watched it. Yes. <laughs> no spoilers a- until next week. I hope we get some Judds in there. The ju- nice. Yes, the Judds are in there. Um, yes, they are, because they they talk about, they, yeah, they, yes, they talk about a lot of people. I don't want to give it away. I was going to give it away. They talk about a lot. Yeah. Well, there's an interesting parallel, at least in my mind, to country music and and hip hop, whereas as each genre has gotten more and more mainstream or or poppy, for lack of a better term, a lot of the purists are kind of sh- have kind of shunned it and turned their backs on it because they feel like it's lost its roots i feel like you could say the same thing about country and hip-hop in that in that perspective if if that makes sense sure but i think with it, it's it's more about the different types of artistry because in country music there is they feel like pure country music is there's a level of artistry to it 
in hip hop, it's you got to just be authentic to yourself, right? It's no, there's a, uh, I, I I disagree with that. I think okay. that the okay. I think one of the one of the things that or where hip hop kind of lost its way is that the is the lack of artistry. At the end of the day, it was about DJing. It's about being able to rhyme and and have lyrics and you know I me mean, vocabulary and stuff like that. And I feel like that's kind of been lost along the way. Not saying that there's not guys and women out here sure. that are you know still spitting, but I feel like that's kind of been lost. And I feel, I guess yeah, you could say authenticity, but we kind of saying the same thing, just differently, basically. Yeah, we are. You know? We are. I think of the Drake conversation, and nobody can sit here and argue Drake's Drake's success or even his. Uh, musical ability, but because he doesn't 100% of the time write his own rhymes, people are trying to question his authentic- authenticity yeah, as a rapper. That's fair. That's ridiculous. And that's like that's kind of the arguments that they have in country music. But the difference is, I remember country the CMAs invited Beyonce, and they lost their shit. But the year before, they, they, they invited Justin Timberlake, and it was all good. There's, there's some levels to that, and they touch on it very slightly. They don't touch on a whole lot of racial issues as much as I would have liked for them to, because there's a lot of those undertones as well. But they really get into it. What, check it out next week. It's a very good show. Even if you don't like country music, you'll enjoy it. And then episode five is Britpop. Finally get to have the Battle of the Gallagher's. Oasis and Blur, man. I, I, that, that's, that's, that's more my wheelhouse than country music is. But, you know, I will coincidentally have to miss the country music discussion. Hey, so. and I just want to, uh, for the record, Dave can sing country music. We were at we were it. at the Crystal Palace a few years back, and he was at a dinner, and he was not, you know, very happy he was there at the time. But he started uh, freewheeling a little country song in honor of, you know, Merle <laughs> and Buck, and he did damn well. By damn nice. well, I made I talked I made up lyrics about uh, a guy with a pickup truck, a coon hound, and <laughs> and like his girlfriend left him for the plumber or something like that, and I just free. Free, free roamed with this, and she thought it was great. It was great. Wow! Record that, Dave. I promise you, you'll sell two and a half records, two and a half million records. Probably, you know, especially in this town, Bakersfield is like you know, hotcakes, uh, the country music capital of the West. So, anyway, we're not here to talk about country music, but we are going to talk about a new series that started. Now, we weren't intending to talk about this. When we, when behind the scenes, you know, pulling back the curtain, we talked with Patrick. We are going to be covering this on the Nerd Review. Me and Greg DeMarco is going to fill in for Pat. And I think Ray is going to do it too. But <laughs> as I was putting, I was talking to guys yesterday and everybody was talking about what if, Tony's asking questions about the kind of Starro sort of uh, cameo of sorts. And I started thinking, I was like, Wait, we've all watched this show because I mean, Pat's Pat's reluctance was he didn't want to cover two shows at once, which I understand. But once I realized that shit, we've all watched this already. We might as well talk about it. Um, and and I thought this first episode, uh, you know, before we do that though, I'm going to cue up some Marvel music so we keep with the tradition. No, no Foggy Mountain breakdown, which my wife thought was the greatest thing in the world for the trailer park. So uh, that was the, I was driving to work listening to that and laughing so hard in the car. <laughs> But we are going to cue some Marvel music right about now.
we're back. So uh, let, let's talk what if, though. Let's let's get into this this first episode, which um, my wife sat down and watched it with me. She, I'll get her thoughts in a minute. She wasn't so thrilled about it because she just wants her one continuity. And, 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 and you know, I can grasp this one continuity. I don't want it to be pulled out from under me. I don't want it torn in, in a different pieces and, and have to, you know, fathom something different, contemplate a different reality. Uh, the whole basis of the show is, is the watcher and his looking into all these different realities that exist. And, and this tie, and th- this is why the show coming after Loki makes so much sense because that set the groundwork for this multiversal approach and this first episode is, and it's it's great. This is how a lot of fiction. If you've ever wrote, written any sort of fiction, the basic premise of writing fiction is to ask the question, "What if?" And then you create a story based on what if, you know, what if zombies were real? What if you could bury a cat in a fucking Indian oh. burial ground and it comes back all fucked up? Oh, Can I do that awful. with a person too? And that's the premise of Petzer. What if a, a super virus killed most of the population and just, uh, oh, wait, that's COVID. Whoa, whoa, yeah, whoa, that, that's whoa. Too, too real. Too real, <laughs> too real baby. Too real. Uh, so this one was, the premise of this first episode was, what if Captain Carter was the first Avenger? And, and, and the general gist of the story is we're following along with the same familiar Captain America storyline that we all saw in first Avenger. But right as he's about to jump into the chamber to get hit with the uh, the what the what the hell is it called Ray the the rays the V rays, I don't know. the you t- oh you talking about uh, when um, he's about to get the super soldier serum yeah, put the in super him? soldier serum that's right yeah. um, he's about to get that he gets shot by the bad guys instead and somebody has to jump into this freaking chamber or they're gonna lose all this research so Peggy Carter jumps in there and she comes out looking like China on steroids. Kind of like, you know, and, and she's just badass from there. And and she becomes the Captain America persona. But instead of having the American, uh, the symbol of America on the shield, she's got the British, the Union Jacks on there. Um, Steve Rogers ends up being a, a variation of Iron Man who looks an awful lot like Iron Robot. Is that giant the, robot? The, the, uh, the giant, the Iron giant the iron giant iron giant so yeah. he looks like yep. that and and we go from there um it's what i like about the episode is is you know you talked about i mean in this episode what i liked that they did was they really showed you the dis- gender discrepancy that was going on in this time frame in the in the late 40s when this stuff is happening and they didn't shy away from that. They realized that this is going to be a touchy subject. There's going to be a lot of people who probably aren't going to be happy about seeing a woman marginalized like Captain Carter was in this whole story, but they didn't shy away from it. And I think they wanted to present that to you to say, look at this discrepancy. People just automatically think, cause she's a woman. She can't do this. No, my modern standards. We know that that's not the case, but I, I loved how, you know, you don't, you don't learn you don't learn from history. You don't learn about your mistakes unless you know about them. So they're trying to say, Hey, look at, look at what, how we treated women back in the day. Even somebody with superpowers was still getting shit on. Um, but it was a fascinating story. And at the end of the whole thing, we learned that Steve Rogers and Peggy Carter are just star crossed lovers in every possible way. This time it gets reversed where, you know, Peggy takes on, I know Tony called it Starro. To me, it looked like the Kraken. I don't know what the fuck it was. But, you know, she gets sucked away into Marvel Loves Pocket Dimensions. So instead of being frozen in ice for 70 years, 
she gets taken away in a pocket dimension for 70 years, comes back and realizes, you know, like Steve did when he came back in the movies that 70 years has passed by and you know, that's it. So, um, your guys thoughts. I'll, I'll, uh, let's, uh, let's give it to Chris first. See what you thought. What did you think of this first episode of what if, what do you think of the premise? Uh, did you enjoy this episode? Are you interested to see what other crazy stuff they come up with? What if Superman was in the Marvel cinematic universe? I don't think we're going to see that one though, but Hyperion. Oh, that's right. Just, that's right. Just re- real quick. I want to get your thoughts on something. Uh, as you were talking, Dave, I was working on my first, uh, top 10 pop hit. This is what I got so far. <clears throat> My baby left me tonight because of the plumber's pipe. I'm drinking my whiskey, and now I'm so tipsy. I might just go and start a fight. I, I think it's got potential, man. <laughs> <laughs> I could see that. Drunk. You got drunk and fight. You sold. That's it. All, you, uh, all you're missing is a pickup truck. You throw that in there, and you got a gold record, baby. A pickup a, truck, and, and if you got a horse, a horse, you you do you doing arenas, dog? A horse or, <laughs> or, 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 or or yeah, coon hound that that'll work too. Horse. You know, if you can get if you can get one of those thrown in there, maybe even a coon hound. Yeah, you know, <laughs> some other kind of stare. What other dogs do they have in country songs? Just mutts, huh? German bloodhound, maybe bloodhound, bloodhound. Your, there you your go. faithful yeah. companion. My faithful companion. Yes. Oh, and it's got to be that those good, words. You're a good dog. You're a good boy. Yeah. Faithful companion, Chris. Remember that. It, it, hey, y- 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 his y- name is Roscoe? Oh, yeah. Ro- Chef's Kiss, if it's Roscoe. Y'all y- 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 got to excuse me. I'm on Priceline.com right now booking my flight to Sweden so I can get this to a beat. By the time go I from, come back, I'll be the biggest star in the world. <laughs> go, straight from, go straight from Sweden to Nashville for That's the grand right. old Sweden hasn't broken into the country market yet, so you could be... You could be the breakthrough, kit, Chris, kind of like the Delta vi- variant. You know, you're the breakthrough. <laughs> hey, breakthrough uh, case. And while we're off subject, is anyone else going to Vegas next weekend? Just us. Again? Yeah, no, just us? Chris, Chris, Chris is going to Chicago. Chris is going to Chicago. Okay, what's in Chicago when you could be going to Vegas? CM Punk. Oh. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I, was just saying, I, love, I love the response. Oh, okay. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. I'm a little disappointed too. I did want to go, and I, obviously, I wanted to hang out with y'all. Honestly, though, I spent my Vegas money on ordering a new uh, patio door and screen. So I, I did. I, I had some adulting to do, unfortunately. Fair trade. Fair trade it's not. It's, it's not. But it was the responsible thing to do. Good job. Good job. Way to be responsible. Uh, We're proud of you. Somebody's got to do it. Uh, well, I, I, well, shit. I feel like shit about it, but I, I appreciate you all. <laughs> So now that you've come up with a top 10 country music hit, uh, what'd you think of this episode of what if I, I was really actually filibustering because I didn't watch the episodes yet. Ah. <laughs> that, that was all what filibuster. What if Chris became a country Ooh. music star? What if Chris? Oh, there we go. There we go. What if yeah. Mr. Velvet Pipes became Mr. Nashville? Hey man, strange things have happened. I just can't wait to see that first top bill with you and Toby Keith. That'd be a fun <laughs> conversation. <laughs> Opening for Garth Brooks. Hey, we'll, we'll put a boot in your ass, Ray. That's the American way. Yeah. You right. <laughs> By the way, <laughs> hey, you can't tell me. Garth Brooks is one of the greatest singers ever. You can't say nothing to me. Garth Brooks? Okay. Yeah, Garth Brooks is up up, in the, up there with that Michael Jackson, Prince type of level dude. He's there. I'm me. not going to debate that. But, you know, I don't want Patrick yelling at the microphone when he listens back to this. So, uh, Ray, yeah. 
<laughs> Ray, what did you think? Since Chris is out of this conversation, he didn't see it. Uh, what do you think of what if? He's still working on his country lyrics. I can tell. Uh, Ray, I, I am. I am. Ray, what do you think of this first episode? I know you watch it like Midnight Rider that you are. Yes. Basically indeed. when it came out. Uh, what were your thoughts? Yes. We knew what the concept was. Actually seeing the concept brought to life. And with this, was this the right first story to tell? What do you think of everything? First, well, first thought is about time Marvel got some animated content that's good. That's my first thought. There you Thank go. you. That that's keeping it real right there. It's yeah. like DC just kicking the shit out of them on the animated front. I'm saying this this yeah how, yeah triple half no, no, yes. no 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 we're we're gonna act like X Men the animated series and Spider Man the animated series in the nineties talking didn't, about uh, the nineties we're talking about current times since the MCU and DCEU has started. Okay okay fair enough fair enough yeah 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 no because you're to your point you're right X Men is the pinto it's it's B A T S and then it's X Men and then everything else. Wait, what about Super Friends? Anyway, go. That's the seventies. Sorry, go ahead, guys. Um, Wonder Twin Powers. Go ahead. <laughs> three, my three first, my quick three quick quick thoughts. It, yes, it was the right one to start off with because Peggy Carter is the most underrated, underappreciated Marvel star ever. I mean that because none, none of this shit happens without Peggy. For, keep it a buck, and. Without any powers, without any super abilities, she's not super. She's not like a genius like the Starks. She doesn't have money. She's completely marginalized, and she still kicks more ass than almost anybody <laughs> in Marvel. So shout out to Peggy Carter. Two, um, it's really cool to see that the Starks were going to build Iron Man, regardless if it was Howard or Tony. I thought that was dope. That that was just that was meant for them to be. Uh, Uatu keeps saying that just because one thing changes. Doesn't mean that everything changes. It just changes how it. It just changes, I guess, where it happens or something to the order. Um, it was also cool to see that uh, Bucky didn't die and didn't become the Winter Soldier. Just kept be, just kept being regular old, uh, Sergeant Barnes, which again was cool because you know nobody likes to see people good people die. Um, but I, I like that you. I like what you said talking about um, how they addressed Peggy. And the issue, the situation with her being marginalized as a woman and things that they didn't even let her fight the Red Skull, you know, like that was supposed to be the thing. She didn't even fight the Red Skull Um, because that's been my one thing. My one issue with Captain America and his story and his continuity is the Howling Commandos would have never happened. There would have never been a group of a black dude, an Asian dude, an Italian dude, a French dude and a white guy. It never would have happened at that time. But because Marvel, hey, it's cool. And again, I'm fine with that. But to see actual what will really happen in real life almost like in wonder woman how she she had to be called his secretary because at the time women couldn't do anything to, to themselves and then you subvert that with how she does stuff um and yeah what was cool about what if is it shows me i think that no matter what situation you're put in you're still going to be who you were who you still gonna be who you're meant to be just in whatever capacity has been given to you Peggy and Steve were always going to be together. Steve was always meant to be a good dude, whether he was uh, whether he was with the super serum, super soldier serum, where he was still 5'4", 130 pounds, soaking wet. Um, it was really fun to watch, man. It was really, it was really um, digestible. 30 minutes in and out. It was, I, I enjoyed it. It was good. Looking forward to seeing the other stories they tell. I know they got the, T'Challa becoming uh, a Ravager story i know they got um 
uh, a Doctor Strange. I think if he turned if he turned heel story, they got a whole bunch of different stories that I think are really cool to see, and I'm excited. It's it's interesting. Before I turn it over to my wife, like um, what, what's what's cool about it is you get to see that Steve and Peggy are just kind of made for each other, and it doesn't really matter all the other stuff. They they are made for each other on a much deeper level. So it doesn't matter whether Steve turns into Captain America or she start, turns into Captain Carter or he stays five foot three and a hundred pounds and you know that sort of thing. The love that they have for each other is always there, and it doesn't matter. It's it's there across. It's the space-time continuum, you know. McFly, I'm so, talking to you. D- does that mean, matter of fact, another one? I'm going to get on there in the order of flux capacitors so we can go back in time. I can fly to Sweden with the Backstreet Boys and, and record this song. But does uh, does Peggy uh, bang three generations of the Rogers like Steve did? <laughs> we don't know. Because, like he said, instead of being put in the ice, she gets put in the pocket dimension. And she gets pulled out by the Tesseract at the same time when Steve got pulled back. So we don't see anything further than that moment of her realizing what year is it? So for all I know, maybe, you know, maybe, uh, Steve Rogers, great grandson. Uh, I don't know. Uh, Paul Rogers, Stan, maybe, maybe her and Stan, maybe, you know, I don't know. I, I just know this. How creepy was it with, at the funeral when he realizes, Oh shit, that was her nephew. That was her niece. Ooh. Yeah, it's it's interesting. Like uh, from the standpoint of the pocket dimension she goes into, because she's just fighting this kraken like creature for seventy years. But to her, it's over in an instant. You know, it's kind of it's the quantum realm in some ways, where you know, like when Ant Man was gone for five years, but to him, it was just a matter of minutes. So yeah, it's 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 an interesting concept how they handle dimensional sort of uh, variances and abnormalities, but. Um, it's it, it's a cool episode. I, I liked it. Uh, babe, what'd you think of this? I know you were not exactly gung ho with this show, but what'd you think of this thing? No, I wasn't real gung ho because, like you said, I I don't like I don't like my timeline messed with. <laughs> but but that it was very obvious right up front that yes, this is um a nice uh after afterward to uh, Loki. Um, I thought it was great and uh, glad they went with ladies first in the story. Um, I was very happy to see that immediately, um, well, even before Carter got into uh, the machine and Stark turned it on, she made the decision to stay down with the boys on the main floor. And that was the moment everything changed because it put her in the position to step up when, when no one else could or would or wasn't aware that someone needed to step up in that moment. She stepped up. She became Captain Carter. She was badass all the way. Uh, that general or whoever he was, that douchewad, um, you know, he gave her such a terrible time. And, uh, you know, she held her tongue for a while and then and then she didn't but she she just did what she she did um, even when she was Agent Carter. She was decisive. She um you know, graced a room. She was, um, just kind in the process and, and, and she had so much to bring and offer to the situation. And then of course, as, um, Captain Carter, she can bring physically more and, and do more than she uh, is able to as agent Carter and her and Steve, it just, it was sad. I was sad at the end because I just told Dave, Oh, so they're not together still. And that made me a little sad, but, um, 
but it was great. It was, it was fun to see them interact because yeah, they are, their hearts, they're soulmates. They're always going to be together. They're always going to love each other no matter what the um, timeline may be, I guess. And, uh, but that was really awesome. And, and then, you know, she gets dumped in with Nick Fury and, oh, hello. And, and so now her story begins with being in modern day um, times and, dealing with going forward and moving forward with that. But as the first Avenger, that's pretty awesome. And I also told Dave, geez, you know, that's too bad that didn't happen because, you know, the last 70 years could have been much better for us girls. That's true. Women's Lib is alive and well in the MCU. So um, a very powerful first episode of of What If. Uh, I'm not sure which one's next, but you know, how many episodes do they have this first season, Ray? Do you know? Uh, I think it's eight. But uh, Susan B. Anthony. Elizabeth Cady Stanton, Peggy Carter. There you go. Yeah. I, I like that. But I think it's eight. We need that's right, the female Mount Rushmore. There you go. Nice. Let's put Peggy Carter and, up there. And Boy George. Yeah, Boy George too. He he belongs up there. <laughs> <laughs> Very good point, Chris. Very hey, good point. I like Boy well, George. Wow. Wow. I do too. I, yeah, I'm here for Culture wow. Club. I'm just I being love an asshole. Culture Club. <laughs> we don't call Chris Karma Chameleon for nothing. You know, that's... <laughs> if Culture Club comes on the radio, it gets turned up. <laughs> Not if I'm in the car. But anyway, that's another story entirely. Uh, well, guys, I think. You really let... want to hurt me, Dave? Do you really want to see me cry? No, I, re- I really don't. <laughs> I like you too much, Chris. But you know what? Uh, that that brings us to a good point for the first break. And this is why I'm gra- glad. Well, I'm glad for many reasons. But Christopher Platt's here because he can do the commercials that I hate to do because I don't remember half of the shit that I'm supposed to say. So Chris is here, the voice of the Chair Shot Radio. He says it 25 times a week on various things. It may not actually be him, but it's a facsimile of him. So we've got him here right now. Chris, why don't you tell the people, where, how can they support thechairshot.com? Well, Dave, I'm happy you asked. If you do want to support your favorite website for news, reviews, opinion, and analysis with attitude, because you're smarter than the average fan, we implore you, we insist upon you, please and thank you, thank you and please, make sure you visit ProWrestlingTees.com forward slash the chair shot and pick up an official chair shot t-shirt. We've still got some summer left. There's a lot of barbecues, a lot of picnics. We got Labor Day coming up. A lot of cool things happening. The biggest party of the summer is next week, i.e. SummerSlam. So why don't you show up decked out, fresh to death, dressed to kill, in the aesthetically pleasing plethora of t-shirts that we have over at ProWrestlingTees.com forward slash the chair shot by perusing ProWrestlingTees.com forward slash the chair shot. I guarantee that by going to ProWrestlingTees.com forward slash the chair shot at ProWrestlingTees.com forward slash the chair shot, you will find a t-shirt you enjoy. I guarantee you we have something for everybody. And again, you're not only making yourself more beautiful, you're also supporting the movement because the chair shot.com. We're not just a website. We're a movement. That's right. Six and a half. (laughs) For a live performance, I give it at least a six and a half. All right. We're going to hit the actual paid commercials now. And as soon as that is done, we'll be back to talk about some more news around the nerdosphere. You're listening to Bandwagon Nerds on the ChairShot Radio Network, a part of thechairshot.com. Promotional consideration paid for by the following. Hey folks, PC Tony here. Thanks to our new partnership with Angry Lemonade, you can save 10% on physical products and digital commissions using the promo code CHAIRSHOT. Head to angrylemonade.net to check out their amazing catalog of products and services. 
Use the promo code CHAIRSHOT to save 10%. That's angrylemonade.net. Are you looking for the newest and hottest in the world of pro wrestling? Then check out the amazing action on powerslam.tv, the biggest indie pro wrestling channel in the world. Get over 6,000 hours of the best events from over 150 of your favorite promotions from 20 different countries around the globe. Brands like Progress Wrestling, Evolve Wrestling, Combat Zone, Defy, PCW Ultra, PWX, Over the Top, Shine, and hundreds of others with fresh content added every day for only $5.99 per month. Get your free trial today at powerslam.tv. Go to powerslam.tv, promo code chairshot. Get your free month. Again, that's powerslam.tv, promo code chairshot. Thechairshot.com. Always use your head. We're back, guys. Uh, let's talk some. Uh, we're not going to go to the trailer park on this one because this really wasn't a trailer per se. I guess it kind of was. I don't know, Ray. What do you think? Was it a trailer or was it more of a sneak peeky sort of thing? I- I'm not really sure. It was a teaser, okay. but it was closer to a trailer than the Stranger Things was because it showed actual Footage. things that we'll see in the series. Yeah. Yeah, you know, you're right, but I I think I'm going to abstain from the banjos, you know, we we just we've got too much country on this episode already, so we don't need to throw in the banjos right now. That's bluegrass, buddy. Yeah, that's right. It's it's all about the <laughs> fucking violins and shit. But uh we got the big announcement. It's a, it was a a teaser like Ray is saying, Doom Patrol season 3 coming September 23rd, which is Ooh, shockingly yeah right around the corner uh, i i did not expect it to be coming that quick i'm not caught up with the show i freely admit that i'm working my way through it i love what i've seen so far i think my wife is actually you're fully current right well yes i've been fully current dave unlike you okay ray are you uh through season two um, yes sir i binged it as soon as it came out chris yep. have you seen any of doom patrol I have seen nothing. I have no idea why I'm even here this week, ladies and gentlemen. I'm about as useful. I'm I'm about as useful as an eyeball on your asshole for this week's episode. And on behalf of my fellow nerds, I I sincerely apologize. (laughs) Time out. There was an eyeball. (laughs) Yes. Wait, wait, wait. I am. And there was an eyeball on the asshole, Starro. That's right. (laughs) That's right. So I'm saying you actually might be heavily useful. That's true, Chris. <laughs> That's true. You could well, at least I'm good for something. Yeah, you're you're just you're just a notch below a starfish, a giant starfish destroying everything. You're just right, right there on the on the food chain sort of thing. But anyway, uh, yeah, I've food. I've seen some of seen some of Doom Patrol, not all of it. I, so I'm actually going to kick this over to Ray and, and my lovely wife Kayleen to talk about. How excited are you guys for, for Doom Patrol Season 3? I'm going to have to get caught up because I have a feeling this will be a show that we're going to be covering here on Bandwagon Nerds. Uh, and, and, I mean, from what I've seen so far, it's like, yeah, sign me up. But I was I was thrilled to see, because, you know, we're waiting for all these shows that we've been covering that we're really interested in to, you know, come up, you know, Cobra Kai Season 4 and Lock and Key Season 2 and Witcher Season 2 and all that sort of stuff. Book of Boba Fett. Boba, Boba, Boba Fett Boba. In, in December. That's right. You know, so we got a lot of stuff that we're looking forward to. Hawkeye's coming out, uh, but this one's I think the next one on the on deck. Um, yeah, from what I've seen about Doom Patrol so far, batshit crazy doesn't really begin to describe it, but it's a lot of fun. Um, Ray, season three. How excited are you? We're like basically a month away. 
So I mean, what do you what do you what are your thoughts on where we're going with this thing, and what are you looking forward to? I'm I'm massively excited because season two ended very very abruptly because it was filming right as the pandemic was starting, so they didn't get a chance to really kind of end it the way they would have liked. It it was like a like a very rushed eight episodes instead of a full ten or thirteen episode season. So to see them try to pop back up in season three and they have they've had the full opportunity to expand upon those characters super excited about um all those characters have grown so uh so strongly rita's finally believing in herself uh just not the big blob anymore she actually control herself cyborg is really rocking with the team the um the doctor i can't remember his motherfucking name is back but the doctor is back like it's it's, it's we really got a chance to really continue to do some more stuff but more than anything, the, I, I, what I love about Doom Patrol and essentially Suicide Squad is that they're taking the most obscure, ridiculous, asinine characters that these dudes ever created and, and showing them to the masses and letting people know how wildly and massively entertaining they are. The Robot Man is the most, that's maybe one of my five favorite characters that's been on television in comic book history ever. He is so Brendan Fraser is so wild. So I'm so excited to kind of see this. And then their HBO Max official now. They're off of DC, they're off of the DC Universe app. Because I actually subscribed to that. That's where I saw this stuff on. Um, and they're on HBO Max now. And so I'm really, really interested to see how season three continues to up the weird meter. Up the weird meter indeed. Uh Babe, you've seen all of this thing. Do you share Ray's opinions? Um, did season two feel like it was rushed to you? And, and what are you looking forward to in season three? It felt a little rushed, but I'm just trying to go with the flow and not try to expect the same thing out of every show, every time, um, because you've got to allow for some flexibility. This, talk about going down a rabbit hole. This is freaking crazy. I love it. It's fun. It's, it, it's, uh, it's so emotionally in depth with some shit. <laughs> yes. <laughs> that sounds like some country lyrics. It's emotionally in depth with some shit. With some shit. I think we got a title, <laughs> gentlemen. <There you> go. <laughs> These characters are so disturbed in so many ways. And just when you think you've kind of like, oh, I kind of get this. I, 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 I figured it out. Oh, I think I, uh, nope. One more bomb gets dropped and you're like, whoa, this adds a whole new angle to their, to who they are, why they're doing what they're doing. It is, it's amazing. And I, I can't wait. We waited too long already for the next season. So the, in my mind, they're they're just dragging us out and causing us pain. <laughs> you can't see Ray, but he's agreeing with you completely. Every <laughs> and if I and if I'm and if I may, uh, I'd be remiss if I didn't mention Titans because Titans was kind of the flagship of DCU uh, with uh, the rebooted um, Young Young Justice and Harley Quinn. Doom Patrol is Doom Patrol is a spinoff of Titans. So to see Titans come back and they started back this past Friday with their first three episodes, they're kind of reenacting the Red Hood story because um, Jason Todd is a, is on there, and of course, as Jason is one to be, he's an asshole. So needless to say, things happen. So to see Titans come back, which they, I think they dropped on August the twelfth. And then, since just like the, as they are a spinoff of Titans, Doom Patrol the next month, 
all is well in the the DC universe. And I'm talking the Arrowverse. I'm talking about the proper Jeff Johns, Warner Brothers, DC universe. It's really cool to see them getting back. Harley Quinn is coming back pretty soon. Young Justice will be back in 2022. If it feels, I, I know Delta's here and we can't go outside again, but like at least on television, we're back to normal. And I'm so hyped for that. Yeah. Yeah. It's, um, and you watched the first episodes of Titans, didn't you, Ray? They came out, uh, well, yes, I, you know, I am the dancing queen, but I besides know. that, the midnight rider, besides being the dancing queen, I'm the midnight rider. So, yes, I woke up early in the morning, two o'clock central time. And cut all three episodes. And when I tell you, Titans is a good 45, 50 minutes, concise, tight. It's so good. Again, it's, they're, reiter- they're reiterating the Red Hood story. It is a little different, adapted for television. Um, so it's not exactly as it was in the pages, but it's a lot of similarities, a lot of closeness. But quite often, you don't see major shocks at the beginning of, of seasons. That's normally kind of put towards the middle of the season and the end of the season to kind of be cliffhangers. Major shocks in these three episodes. Major shocks. This is season three. Major shocks. It's fantastic. If you haven't seen it, I implore you to go watch it. Doom Patrol may may tickle that kind of bone in your body that's really crazy. And if when flexed may cause you to orgasm, that's a Doom Patrol joke. You'll catch it. But <laughs> Titans... Titans is 100% raw, unadulterated, grown. I know they're teenagers, essentially. Well, some of them are. But, like, grown-ass, real-ass comic book television. So, like, I'm t- it's, it's almost essentially if what you saw in the Arrowverse was R-rated. What was the line that I said in the chat room this week that I think Jane said? Uh, something about dusty queefs or something like that? <laughs> I said, only in Doom Patrol do you hear something. Do you hear lines like that come out? It was it was some crazy shit. Top top five funniest moments in, in television history. Yeah, I'm going that far. Is when Flex flexed wrong and made everybody orgasm. And um, what what's Robert Robot's man real Robot Man's real name? Is Brendan it Chuck? Fraser. Yeah, but what what is his name on the show? Oh, Cliff. Cliff, yes. You know, Cliff is a robot, so he's trying to fit in and acting like he's orgasming too. And then James I'm like, you don't have anything. What are you doing? He's like, oh, um, I don't know. <laughs> Top five, five, five hilarious moments ever. Um, I'm, if you've watched it, you understand. I will get I there. I promise you. I'm going to get there. I, I can't wait to see it. Um, You'll get there? <laughs> I will get there in more ways than one, apparently. <laughs> ah, this is hungry. It's just on it, man. Um. So I want to throw this out to you, Ray, because I know we've talked about it with the animation stuff with DC before. Why do you think DC gets it so right with their TV shows and, and is real hit and miss with their movies? And I mean, even Chris can jump in on this because he's seen enough of the TV and animated stuff to probably have an opinion on this. Why? Why do they get that right? And they seem to struggle with the with the movies so much. I think they get it right. Number one, because DC should always be Marvel when you're looking at characters, because their characters are bigger, more known, more popular. So off the, off of the, just off the name of their characters, they should always do better. Right. So, but the beauty of it is DC's movies didn't have a plan. They had a plan and they didn't stick with the plan because they was trying to catch up. And so their plan changed two movies into the plan. The TV shows, all the Arrowverse shows are connected. 
and they have long-term plans, right? They've successfully adapted three, if not four, no, four shows, maybe five if Black Lightning was involved. They stopped all of them at the same time to do Crisis Across Infinite Nerds. Five shows, dog. But they plan to that. But the movies can't even get the same Joker in the same universe. <laughs> so, right. so you know what I'm saying so like there's continuity even even Titans and Doom Patrol um, Beast Boy is in the Titans the reason Beast Boy is in the Titans was because Beast Boy was living at the Doom Patrol house and Raven found uh, Gar and he moved to the Titans to the Titan Tower which was the reason why we got Doom Patrol as a TV show everything is connected Young Justice connects so many different things Granted, they're in their own world because they're uh, animated, but it's just they actually have a chance to really make things work. And plus, with animation, you have to really sit down and take time to build things. With TV shows, since it's uh, recorded different than a movie, you have to sit down and really plan and take care of things. Like, if you're going to do a series, a season, you have to think about season two and three before when you're doing season one. You can't just say, I'm going to do season one and that's the end of it. Because you're all, almost always going to get greenlit for a second season, so you got to be thinking of that already. In these movies, they can't even think past one movie. You know, the Suicide Squad is the one of the first movies where they actually even referenced the old other movie, and it was so slight because the only the only slightness about it was Rick Flag, Boomer, Captain Boomerang, and Harley Quinn had a relationship. Other than that, wasn't wasn't even talked about. So the movies have failed because they just won't do what you do with movies and interconnect them. No, so you're, you're right. And I think Marvel kind of the MCU spoiled people into the in the because it wasn't really like that before. You might get trilogies and stuff like that, like Dark Knight, that that sort of trilogy. But the MCU made it almost like you've got to, it's almost mandatory. You've got to have a continuity or people aren't going to accept it. And, and the DC TV shows, like you're saying, Ray, had that continuity and the movies really don't. Chris, you've seen enough of these things. Did you agree with Ray, or do you see it a little bit differently? I a thousand percent agree with uh, Ray and, and your synopsis on that. I also think that the DCU has a bit of a tonality problem as well when it comes to some of the movies. Like, okay, Batman should be dark and brooding. Gotham is a dark world. Batman's a dark character. The Suicide Squad is a little farcical. Okay, cool. Uh, you know, whatever. Not not my particular flavor of vodka, but okay, cool. Um, I, I don't like emo Superman. I, I don't think that it fits. It, it doesn't fit the character. He's the goody goody of Mr. Goody goody. Like he's the most goody goody of all the goody goodies. Like that's what he is. I, I, I don't like the brooding emo Superman. It doesn't make sense to me because Superman is basically God. And what happens if God has a bad day? Or if God catches an attitude, you know what I mean? Injustice happens. So that's the problem. And, and uh, you know, uh, Patrick O'Dowd and I, we've also both been very vocal of our dislike of Zack Snyder movies. I, I think he's just, I think it's more style than substance with his movies. It's just a bunch of explosions and huge cock pieces. I can't believe nobody else has ever noticed that. Like in all his movies, like the characters have these huge cock pieces. That's all he is, is explosions and huge cock pieces. Go back and see it now, now that I've brought it up. Go back and watch, go back all the way to Watchmen and 300, all through, you know, the Justice League and, and Superman and Batman and Superman. Like, look how huge these motherfuckers' cock pieces are, man. I don't know what his, uh, 
I don't know what his fixation with huge cock pieces is, but he certainly has one. Compensating he must not for have one himself. Yeah. So get a Corvette like a normal man, Zack Snyder. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, don't shove this shit in our face every chance you get, man. But uh, Liter- quite literally. <laughs> but no, Chris, you raise a really good point. Uh, a lot of people didn't want to accept Man of Steel because they tried to make Superman too much like Batman, and that doesn't work. And he's supposed to be the polar opposite of Batman. You know, Batman's over here, Superman's supposed to be over there, and, and a lot of people yeah. didn't want to accept that. Which is why they're frenemies. It makes sense that they would butt heads, you know? I I, I respect y'all 100% and agree with everything else y'all say. But Man of Steel may be the best DC movie they've made because of that. Because one thing we as fans don't like to accept is that character arcs have to happen for them to get to a point. Batman didn't just wake up one morning and become Batman. It took years for him to get that jaded. Superman... Didn't just wake up one morning and be like, hey, I love the world, hooray. No, she had to go through some stuff to become goody-goody. Man of Steel is where he goes through that. And what happens at the end of Man of Steel, the most un-Superman thing he'll ever do, killing Zod, turned him into, I can't be this guy. I have to be who I am. And you see him wrestle with that in just uh, Batman versus Superman. You see him wrestle with that, almost ready to give up when he didn't see a old boy blow up the thing and he gets to the point where at the end of all of this, I am truth in the way and all of this You got to get there. And I just, I don't feel like our audience anymore as, as fans are willing to let things get there partially because especially in Superman's position, position, because it's been 45,000 different Superman movies, but like Henry Cavill, AKA Dave, Dave's side piece, what? You know, did you just call him your side piece? Yeah, he just called it my side piece, son. Did All you right. did you know that? I thought Ken was your side piece. You've uh, got two. I got more multiple side pieces. Damn, Ray, you're not supposed to be telling all these secrets, man. I mean, uh, to be fair, Kayleen, have you seen Henry Cavill's cock piece? We we, we were just talking about it. I mean, <laughs> yeah, how, how can you blame a guy? Oh boy. Anyway, go ahead, Ray. No, I, that's yeah. I I can't well, follow that. It's, you know, you know what a mark I am for Superman. So my yes. thing is, and, and I like Man of Steel a lot better than a lot of people do. But Superman's a character that you're not going to win because if you make him this Boy Scout goody goody, people are going to people fair. like Ray Cash are going to bitch about it because they don't like him being that much of a goody goody. And if you make him a little bit too dark like Batman, you've got a bunch of other people on the other side saying this not my Superman. Yeah, but you just rejected your Superman over here, and now. You you're going to reject a different version of it. So Superman can't win until he's just a Superman. Then he just kills. It's everyone. funny. It's funny to me though, that y'all considered that dark. Have you seen some dark shit from some of these DC heroes? That's super. That's what man is dark. Well, not that's compared, super- not compared to dark Knight. No, that's that's you know what I'm saying. Or Watchmen. Yeah. dark Knight and Watchmen are as dark just, as it gets. So that's, that's fair. But how about they no make Warshack. a, a a good movie. What's wrong with that? Like, there's a, let me ask y'all, because there's there's this level of depth that y'all see with Man of Steel that I I just don't see. I I, I don't see the depth that y'all see in that, man, especially coming from a Zack Snyder piece. I just didn't see that there. I just saw a bunch of, I I, I thought they went the exact opposite that, the the exact opposite with um, Superman Returns. Because the problem with Superman Returns was it was a little too story-driven and it wasn't enough explosions and special effects and stuff like that. It was it was boring at times. 
And I think they flipped that on its head when it came to Man of Steel, and it was the exact opposite. Not enough character. I'm probably proving Dave's point. Like, I'm not going to be happy either way. No, but not right. enough character and, and just all explosions. Like, they, they haven't got it right since 79 and Christopher Reed. Well, yes. Yeah, well, that, that's part of the problem. You that know, that's problem. Well, but, that's but, see, like, in defense of Superman Returns, I thought Brandon Routh did a great job. The problem with Superman yeah, Returns was the good. plot didn't make any fucking sense. Wait, you... How exactly did you get Lois pregnant? You know, oh, the bearskin rug at Niagara Falls, right, Chris? That's how uh, it happened. Yeah, yeah, boy. But, you know, <laughs> but the thing is, you took away her memory, so she just kind of is pregnant. She doesn't know who got her pregnant, but then she realizes that Superman must have got her pregnant. And how the fuck does all this fit together? It, it doesn't make any damn sense. Immaculate conception. No, it wasn't. And you passed your powers to this kid through your sperm? Is that how this shit works? Or because you're part uh, Kryptonian? Anyway. Well, well Dave, Dave, if I have to explain that part to you, you probably should have never had children, bro. Like, if I, if we really have to sit here and explain there, that part. I there get is it. a genetics conversation. I get genetics, but I was like, I was like, but, but, but wait, he was born here, so he's not really Kryptonian. And anyway, it, it, there's a lot of problems with Superman Returns plot wise, but. We're not here to break down Superman Returns, but uh, yeah, we got Doom Patrol coming September 23rd. Titans has already dropped. Ray's excited about both. You probably should be, too. Ray's talked about it. We've mentioned it in passing. Delta variants out there. Uh, numbers are bad. Things are not looking good in many parts of the nation. Uh, this resulted in we got a, a bit of bad news on the cinema front. Venom has been or delayed by a few weeks. Uh, nothing huge. Nothing earth-shattering. Venom's not expected, I don't think, by any of us to be some world-beater of a movie. Although it looks interesting, for sure, and you're going to get carnage in it. I think the bigger question I have coming out of this delay is posing it to all three of you. Um, you guys nervous? Are, are we going to see more delays? Is Shang-Chi in trouble? Is Eternals in trouble? Is Spider-Man No Way Home? Is that in trouble? I don't know what else is coming out. Has DC got anything else coming out this this winter or are we done until next year? I don't know. I don't remember, but I think we're done until next year, but we do have three big Marvel movies coming this year that have already been delayed a little bit. Um, are you guys nervous about this situation or is Delta just kind of a, something we got to get through for the next few weeks, maybe a couple of months. And then we're back on the other side of it. Um, I myself personally, yeah, I'm a little bit nervous, but at the same time, I'm like, people are really just kind of sick of this shit. And it's like, dog, just let it run. You know, <laughs> See, let this thing run its course. And unfortunately, some people are going to pay the ultimate price for this thing. But I think a lot of people are just like, we don't want to go back to the way it was, even if we should. And and I, you know, I don't know. I, I mean, I am nervous that you're going to see a delay on some of these things, but I don't think we're going to see it's not going to be hashtag 2027 or anything like that. But it no. might. You, I could see stuff getting pushed to next year, to 2022, if the numbers don't start coming down. But what are your guys' thoughts on this? How nervous, on a scale of 1 to 10, what's your anxiety level about delays on these movies coming? I'm, I'm with you, Dave. I don't think that we could go back on lockdown. The, the, the yahoos and the idiots would burn this bitch to the ground if they tried to, even if that was the safest thing to do. Yeah, at this point, you, you can't do it, man. And I don't want to get too political on here, but I mean, this shit has just been fumbled and bumbled and stumbled from the beginning. And, you know bumbling, what I mean? Like, bumbling, stumbling. Yeah. So, yeah, I, I don't think that you can go full lockdown 
yeah, you probably should push stuff back, especially since this whole Scarlet Joe thing is going on with the with the studio. You, you kind of want to avoid shit like that. So maybe the best thing is to just kind of play it by ear, pull back and have a tentative release date. But just see what happens. There's there's no way Shang-Chi gets pushed back. I just don't see it. It's two weeks away. I don't see it. Um, and, you know, there's too much going on in the world right now for us to effectively lock down things enough to where we can't go back to movie theaters or there's a concern that movie theaters won't get any um, business in two weeks. I think it's more, there's more of a real concern about Eternals and mainly Spider-Man. I think they'll still pop Eternals out because I don't think they expected to make the money they would with Spider-Man. That's the reason Black Widow kept getting pushed back because that was expected to be a billion dollar movie. Nobody's expecting Shang-Chi and Eternals to be that level of a movie. It's it's gonna make money. It's a Marvel movie, but not that much. Not a billion plus like Spider-Man and Black Widow most assuredly would have done in a regular a regular scenario. Um, I'm not even thinking about society right now because society's crazy. I'm just speaking about strictly about the movie business. Um, I think it would behoove them to go ahead and rock this uh, Shang-Chi thing out and then get, get your people together and holler at Angelina Jolie and Brian Tyree Henry and Selma Hayek and Camille Nanjiani and all the people in Eternals and say, let's modify these contracts real fast because we might have to put y'all ass on Disney+. Plus." You know? Right. And if we got to push back far from uh, far from home, no way home, if we got to push that back a couple months, do that because that's the movie you need in theaters because Spider-Man is 1.5 bill minimum. Especially that Spider-Man. Right. As far as Venom is concerned, um, I'm excited about the movie only because seeing Carnage on live t- on a TV screen is, I think, a lot of comic fans' dream, knowing who he is to the comics. Um, I'm not stoked about Woody Harrelson playing it, and Woody Harrelson's one of our greatest actors. I'm not stoked about that part of it, the Cletus Cassidy part of it. Um, but I am nonplussed if it gets pushed back or not. Because essentially that and Morbius don't really matter until until Peter Parker shows up on Sony. When Peter Parker shows up on Sony, then everything on that side of the world will matter. In the meantime, those two movies are just movies for the sake of movies. Yeah, DC movies and the Marvel kind of pantheon of things at that point. But but no, you're right. It's, um, you know, Shang-Chi's got a, a, a real. How do I put this? So they've got like that 45 day window, right, Ray, where that's going to be exclusively in the theaters for Shang-Chi. That's not going to Disney yes. premiere. And, and, no. and I, and, and I agree with you that nobody is looking at Shang-Chi as again, you know, you using the same terminology, nobody's looking at it as a world beater. It's not going to break any records, but it's, it's still, in my opinion, a very important movie for the MCU because you are bringing in an ancillary character that you are trying to now elevate to a different status to get him integrated into the MCU because they need these characters to fill it out like they did with Guardians of the Galaxy. I don't think it's going to catch fire like Guardians did, no. But it's it's a character that, as they rebuild their roster, which is very important for the MCU going forward, we've all talked about this, they've got to develop new characters. Shang-Chi's one of those characters. Uh, Delta's not going to be better probably by the time that Shang-Chi comes out. So you're looking at a pretty significant chance that Shang-Chi is going to be looked at as a, as a commercial failure 
unless something surprising happens. And we're going to talk when we come back from the break about suicide squad numbers and that sort of thing. And which actually ties in very nicely to this discussion we're having right now, because yeah, if Shang-Chi bombs at the box office, what does that mean? Because it's just, it's solely a, a, a theatrical release for 45 days, right in the middle of, we are now in officially the fourth surge of this goddamn thing. And so here we go. You know, it, it was what we wanted to avoid. It's unavoidable now. No one can deny it. So, yeah, I'm concerned about not that Shang-Chi gets delayed so much, but the impact that it's going to have on that and Eternals and Shang-Chi's kind of a, a, a more of a street level kind of character. Eternals is going to be very cosmic. So there's a, a real risk that this this pandemic is going to suppress the development of the MCU as far as these new characters are going or at least delay people's general acceptance of okay these guys are being integrated into this bigger thing my only disagreement is is that we have disney plus and so much of what's happening that's integral to the to that growth of the mcu is already happening on disney plus wandavision changed everything about the mcu that was on disney plus falcon the winter soldier introduced so many different options and things the uh, eventual Dark Adventures of Thunderbolts, whatever the hell that Val's gonna call it, that was on in Disney Plus. Loki created the multiverse that was on Disney Plus. So as long as people have access to it, I don't think it'll be a problem. I'm with you from a financial, from a fiscal standpoint. Yeah, they probably gonna, they're gonna take a loss. They, 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 but they're gonna take a loss in every movie until the world gets normal again, and then probably until a year after that, because people still are always gonna feel un- people like me. I'm immune. I'm I'm immune. I'm immunocompromised, right? So even me, I got to. I I had two hundred dollars seats to UFC here with the uh, Black Beast versus Gun. I didn't go. My ticket cost two hundred dollars. I ate that loss. I couldn't sell it. I ate that loss because I couldn't justify to myself going and being around fourteen thousand of my best friends, and then coming home with two daughters, a sick stepdad, a sick grandmother, and all this stuff. I just couldn't justify it. Same thing with, I got tickets to Dynamite this Wednesday. I, I can't justify going. They're not cheap seats. So it's going to be a while for me to get comfortable. And I have to go to work every day. I can leave my house. So it's going to be a while before people get comfortable. They're going to have to just get used to taking losses and to get used to change. They're going to change their, what they, whatever their metrics are for what makes a successful movie. And with Disney Plus, that's all that money is coming back to them. Right. This is a Netflix where you have to give a, a certain amount, even in the theaters. And this is why I don't understand why they to make all these movies open to premiere access. And I, it was either Platt or PC who said, make it 50 bucks. It's genius because every dollar of that is coming to you because you own your own platform. You own the movie studio, you own the character rights and you own the streaming platform. Get recoup your money back. I'll spend the 50 bucks. I'm pretty sure everybody on this call will spend the 50 bucks. For the for the correct movie, Patrick, old curmudgeon ass Patrick will spend it for Spider Man. He'll spend the fifty bucks for a Spider Man movie. Oh, I so you recoup. Too. Yeah, exactly. So we'll rec- you'll, you'll recoup some form of the money, but to continue to just be steadfast and ignorant with, uh, well, you know what? It's out there. Like I get it's too late to change Shang Chi, but you put Eternals on that bad boy and say the day it come out, you can catch it on Disney Plus for twenty thirty bucks. I'm watching Eternals the day it come out. I, I think these movies dating back to Black Widow, and I'm sure there's some others that I'm forgetting. They're kind of litmus test. 
they're kind of at this point, you know, they're, they're they they know that they're gonna have to eat a loss in some capacity, but they're throwing some shit against the wall to see what sticks. It's like, okay, well, we tried this with Black Widow, that didn't work too well. We're gonna try this with Shang Chi or whatever the fuck, and they're they're just trying a bunch of different shit to see if they can find a formula that works in our present normal, you know? Yeah. No, you're right. And Black I think, Widow absolutely was. And I think Ray's got a good point that he, he, there. It, it's going to be a financial problem for these movies that are going to get impacted by Shang-Chi, I think is the one you're going to see it the most with, because there's just no way that this clears up by then. By the time what Eternals comes out in November, who knows where we're going to be by then. And if it's still, if they get to October and Shang-Chi just bombs, then I wouldn't be surprised to see Marvel pull an audible and say, or Disney pull an audible, say, you know what, let's go right to premier access with this thing. Um, and the, and you know, the thing is that, from a continuity standpoint, it, it goes without saying that sooner or later that stuff's going to be on Disney Plus. And so people are going to get caught up and the numbers are going to be there on the back end of this thing. And people are going, like, all right, let me see what I missed. I just couldn't take a chance of being in the movies and watching it. But uh, but yeah, babe, you haven't talked yet. What are your thoughts on Venom getting delayed and and you know how nervous are you about this affecting you know cinemas in general? The Delta variant and wherever we're going with this. Well, on the Venom delay, I'm not too concerned myself because I'm not rushing right out to see it. I'll go rush out and see it, I guess, if if it gets there, but I'm not like hyped up about it. Like I can watch it at home or I can watch it at the theater. So for this particular movie, it's not really like traumatizing me that I have to, you know, wait for it. So, okay. Uh, on cinemas, um, I think COVID has really spoiled many of us who one, um, maybe don't want to spend the money to take your family to the theater to pay the movie prices. And then you usually end up having to buy all kinds of, you know, food and drink uh, at the movies and, you know, to take a family of say four, you spend a hundred bucks to go see a movie. I think a lot of people are burned out on that. COVID has shown us that, hey, we can sit in our living rooms and watch a whole lot of great content on streaming services. And on Premiere Access, maybe we can pay 30 or 40 bucks to get some of this stuff we were going to the movies for right now. And we can have four of our family or six or 10 of our family in the same room and get our own snacks and stuff and sit at home and watch it for 30 or 40 bucks. And you don't have to get dressed up. You don't have to put on makeup. You don't have to look presentable. You can stay in your PJs if you want to. And I think a lot of us really enjoy that. Um, some of us, like me, I enjoy going out to the movies. I like the theater experience. I love going. I do not want to see theaters go the way of the drive-ins, which I miss dearly. I grew up going to the drive-ins. Um, those were so much fun. And it just kills me that here in Bakersfield, we don't have any more drive-ins to go to. And those those were great. Um, I don't want to see the theaters go that route. But at the same time, I think they're going to take a hit. And I think we're going to see less theaters available for movie viewing because people aren't going to support that. It was our only option. If you wanted to see a movie, you had to go to the theater. That's not our only option now. And I think other people, some people are going to um, just kind of stop doing that. They're going to opt out of that option and do the stay at home, do the streaming. And Chris, you, you know, Kayleen, I was going to say, Chris has said, oh, go ahead. Many, yeah. <laughs> said this many times in the past. 
Oh no, exactly, exactly. But it's it's funny that that you brought up the uh, the drive-ins because I honestly thought that the drive-ins were going to have a resurgence during this COVID thing. Like it seemed to to the point that I even last year I looked at you know trying to purchase one. Obviously, it you know once I looked at the logistics and everything fiscally, it just didn't make any sense whatsoever because it's kind of hard to turn a profit at a drive-in. But yeah, I'm surprised they haven't come back because I'm I'm one of those guys. I, I I love going to the movies. That was one of my favorite things to do. You know, I, I had no idea that the last time I went to the movies was going to be the last time I went to the movies. You know, and and the beauty and the beauty of doing Premier Access. By the way, I went to I've been to a drive-in since the since the pandemic started, and it's pretty dope. Just I have to drive an hour and a half to get to it, so that's why I don't go often. Um, but the beauty and and Kayleen had broken down perfectly about watching from home. The thing that she didn't mention is you can watch over and over and over again. If I go to the movies, I got to pay the money. If I want to see Fast and Fast Nine three times in theaters, that's almost 150 bucks. If I take me and friends or family or the kids at home, I buy that bad boy. 20 bucks. Ray, you did go to the theaters three times and saw Fast Nine, didn't you? Or was I imagining that? Neither here nor there. And there are reasons. I didn't go just because I want to see Big Match John three times. I had to leave the theater a couple of times for some family stuff. So that's why I had to keep doing it. He was but in the yes. movie. You just couldn't see him. So anyway. No. You know, no. <laughs> yes. Well and, and let's Dom's not... transparent brother or yeah. translucent brother. I, I apologize, Kayleen, please. Oh, sorry. <laughs> let's not forget about families with younger kids. Um, how many times do you have to get up mid movie and, you know, take junior to the potty and there's no pause at the theater. And when you're at home on streaming service, you can hit that pause button as often as you need to for potty breaks and whatnot. So that is a huge perk to families with young kids to stay home. Yeah, that That's very true. Yeah. We're going to be in Vegas next week, watching Roman Reigns wrestle himself. So we're going to find out just how good he <laughs> really is. We're going to find out. How that's why, that's why he is the travel chief that's of the best right. in the world. That's why he's like, he's like, you know, I, they said that Bret Hart could wrestle a broomstick and make it look good. I'm going to wrestle myself and make it look fantastic. So awesome. We'll see how good Roman really is. We're going to take our second commercial break here and uh, pay some more bills. But when we come back, we're going to take a look kind of ties into what we're talking about with numbers and the impact of the pandemic and everything like that. We're going to talk suicide squad. We've all watched it. We've all reviewed it. The numbers have come back. Not exactly pretty, but we're going to talk that talk and break it down and discuss whether or not suicide squad. Is it a failure? You're listening to bandwagon nerds, a part of the chair shot radio network on the chair shot.com. Always use your head. Why should you visit TheChairShot.com? TheChairShot.com is your home for hard-hitting reviews, news, opinion, and analysis. With attitude. Why? Because you're smarter than the average fan. TheChairShot.com. Always use your head. This is your boy Kenny Killer telling you to make sure you check out thechairshot.com, bringing you breaking news, interviews, podcasts galore, everything pro wrestling. Make sure you check it out, thechairshot.com. All right, folks, we are back. Paid some more bills. We are in the home stretch of this episode, episode number 92 of the Bandwagon Nerds podcast, talking a little Suicide Squad. And I know this is something that we all watched the movie. 
Chris, did you see Suicide Squad? Please tell me you saw this one. I, I, I did, man. And honestly, I, I have no desire to. The Suicide Squad just doesn't do it for me, man. Okay. It's meh. All right. I could live without it, you know. Well, that- Holler at me, DC Universe, when we get Robert Pattinson's Batman, um, or w- when we get the uh, the Flash movie, so I get to see Michael Keaton don the the cape again, or uh, Michael B. Jordan as Black Superman. Or Holler at me. Or how then. about Black Adam when the Rock shows up as Black Adam? You're going to be down and for Black that. Adam. Yes, yeah. I'll, yes, I'm down for all things Dwayne Johnson. Yes. <laughs> but um. Like, I, I wouldn't even be mad if he slept. I told Abra, I wouldn't even be mad if you slept with the Rock. It's the Rock. I'd probably be honored. It's yeah. the rock. Yeah, that's true. Did you, know? did you guys already talk Jungle Cruise? Uh, we haven't even talked about Jungle Cruise. No. Uh, that's 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 something well, that only uh, you were interested in, babe. The rest of us what? were kind of lukewarm about it. Well, you can ask uh, Ray about it when Ray 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 stepped out of the room. He'll be back in a minute. You can ask him about it. We're not talking about Jungle Cruise. It's not nerdy enough. <laughs> what? <laughs> I'm offended. <laughs> I'm sorry, but we're talking Suicide Squad now because Fine. we've all seen it except Chris because Chris has no desire to see it, and there's nothing wrong with that. But Ray's seen it. I've seen it. Kayleen's seen it. Ray and I have reviewed it on Bandwagon Nerds. We talked about it last week on the show. Uh, we got the reports in, the numbers, the box office numbers for Suicide Squad, not so good. Uh, not particularly surprising we saw some of the soft numbers because they don't really release hard numbers on streaming services as to what they're doing. But HBO Max's numbers came back um, pretty solid, I think. It's uh, what what they say. Only Mortal Kombat had a better uh, first opening weekend as far as streaming numbers, which is shocking to me that Suicide Squad couldn't beat Mortal Kombat. But the more I thought about it, it's like, yeah, that makes sense. Hater. Sorry, Ray. Hater. But Suicide Mortal Squad did, did beat. Oh, please. <laughs> well, I, my bad, Dave. Go ahead, man. Suicide I'm just Squad gonna did myself. beat Wonder Woman 1984, which is a bit of a surprise um, that Wonder Woman 1984 didn't do better. It did beat Zack Snyder's Justice League. No surprise there. But, you know, I'm going back because I listened this week on the chairshot.com, a part of the chairshot radio network, or maybe that's backwards. It doesn't matter. Ray was uh, re resurrected a head trauma segment with mags this week where they talked about nxt and the trials and tribulations they're going through and whether nxt was a failure and i love that episode listen to it because i was like i was like yeah ray i I was there for you and mags uh it was fascinating listening to it because you guys raised some really good points from a critical standpoint and from a fan's perspective i don't think anybody can remotely legitimately argue nxt is a failure from a commercial standpoint, from a, 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 a shareholder standpoint, from a PL statement standpoint, that's a little different story. Uh, Suicide Squad to me is very comparable to NXT. Critically, everybody loves it, seemingly. Fans, most fans love it. My sister and Patrick O'Dowd, notwithstanding, they didn't dig it so much. But most of us really enjoyed it. Um, numbers wise, this is a little bit more difficult to place because of what happened um i think you can definitely say delta had a big impact on its box office um it certainly wasn't going to draw black widow numbers because it's got a bad legacy the 2016 movie did not leave a very good taste in a lot of people's mouths i think that kept a lot of people away and on streaming services you know i i don't i don't you know i'm not sure why it didn't do better maybe people were just thinking ah this is going to be is it a, I, I think a lot of people didn't know, is this a sequel to 2016? I didn't like that one that much. They didn't realize it's part sequel, part soft reboot. And, and I think that compressed the number some. But 
I just want to um I, I want to throw that out there to you guys and, and I mean Chris didn't see it, but Ray, you touched on the NXT thing. You talked about that with Mags. Your thoughts, Suicide Squad, failure, not failure. What do you think? I have a hard time calling any COVID era movie a failure because given the same situation, if this, if this movie came out the same time, two years ago, it would have made close to a billion dollars. Even the original suicide squad movie, which was boo boo critically made a lot of money commercially. So I have no qualms or no questions or no concerns about its value commercially given if the world was back normal. Now, where I think the conversation skews a little bit is the different ways to watch it. Now, according to what HBO Max said, for it to be, again, just like I spoke about Disney Plus or I've spoken about the WWE Network on other, on other shows, Warner Brothers owns the rights to everything involved. They own the rights to all the characters. They own the rights to the movie studio. They own the rights to HBO Max. So all the money that comes streaming comes back to them. Now, it's not premiere access like they do with uh, what Disney Plus does, where you got to spend an extra 20 bucks to watch the movie. But the number of people that uh, have HBO Max, Disney Plus has more, I think. HBO Max may have more. I don't know what the numbers are. I can't remember. But all that money is recouping, especially people who are um, subscribing first time to see these movies. But we also have to remember, too, while the Suicide Squad has bankable stars, Margot Robbie is, I think, a bankable star. Idris Elba is a bankable star. Cena may not be a bankable star on the level of a lot of other stars, but he's bringing in a full fan base of wrestling fans. And there are a lot of fans who have watched him in movies who know he's funny as hell that are enjoying him. But like, And then Viola Davis is the best actor in the world, in my opinion. So you have people that are bankable stars. But the thing with Suicide Squad is, it's such a it's such a different style movie in that first and foremost, nobody's expected nobody's expected to be alive the entire movie. That's the premise of the movie, right? Number one. And number two, I just don't think it's the type of it's not quite an ensemble, it's an ensemble movie, but it's not a team-up movie. Right? This isn't the Avengers or the Justice League in which you're there's a dynamic of the team that is integral to the movie. Everybody's supposed to die. So I don't know that. Even if it was critically acclaimed, or even if the promos or the commercials were good, if it was ever gonna make a ton of money compared to some other movies, I just don't. I never expect this to be to be the uh, the commercial darling of twenty twenty one, Delta notwithstanding. Yeah, fair enough. I mean, I, and critically, people love the damn thing. So maybe that counts. I mean, that's that's goodwill in the bank right there. It may not be dollars. But it's it's your reputation. It's 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 a different dynamic, a different metric. Chris, you were going to say for, something. And, well, I'm sorry, real quick. For DC, they at this point they'd rather have critical acclaim than commercial acclaim yeah. because they need that shit. They need goodwill. I, I mean, they need something to give the fans a reason to believe. Uh, Marvel, yes. Marvel, Marvel can shit the bed a few times, and it's not going to matter. DC doesn't have that luxury or anymore to to. There is no margin for error really anymore. Chris, you were going to say something here. No, that's a good point, Dave, because, yeah, Marvel's got, what, 12 years of goodwill built up, so they they can have a flop here and there, or like you said, they can bomb or shit the bed or whatever. Yeah, DC's still trying to get their foot off the ground, so, I, yeah, no, no, that's an excellent point. 
I just don't know what they expected with this movie, honestly. Like like you said, like we all talked about, you know, the 2016 one. That's the main reason I didn't watch this one because the last one was so shitty. Like I'm I was I was just out. And, and frankly, I think while the premise is interesting, as as opposed to a a motion picture, I think it actually would work better as a television series. You know what mm-hmm. I mean? Not not necessarily episodic, but like an like an A-team type of thing or like a night rider where every week there's a different premise. You know what I mean? Like there's no connective tissue per se. It's just like you're battling the monster of the week every week on, you know, I, I think that would work out better than trying to make this thing a movie, you know? It's a good point. Suicide Squad would make a, a, an interesting TV series if they wanted to go in that direction. But it's probably, I don't know, Ray, too much like Doom Patrol probably at this point, right? Stylistically, the style may work, but you'd have to change it from what it was. Because the whole point about the Suicide Squad is you don't use them all the time. The point is, I only call them when I when it's the worst of the worst that I got to fix and I need expendable people. So it kind of gets dulled a bit, you know, or, or you know, you kind of you're kind of putting water in your Kool-Aid a little bit if you have it every week. And you know what I mean? So the two the two most important things are Amanda Waller don't give a shit about the people she use. So people got to die. That's why I love the movie, because the first 20 minutes, you ain't seen it yet, but you, you get what it is. And the, and the other thing is that, um, you know, if this happened every other week or two, then people would catch on. This is supposed to be a covert operation, which is why they, she uses the people that nobody will ever miss. If you do it every week, if there's a monster of the week every week, then just thinking in the world, people would catch on and Amanda wouldn't have the power, Wally wouldn't have the power that she has. Uh, would I like to see it episodically? See this shit like uh, day team? Man, look, that should be dope as hell, but I don't think it would work. <laughs> Babe, your thoughts on Suicide Squad? It's uh, You love the movie. I think you liked it a lot. Yes. Commercially, eh, iffy right now as to where it is. What are your thoughts on this? It was fun and entertaining, and I liked it a lot. Um, I did miss Will Smith. I missed his character in there. He was there. He was just played by Idris Elba. <laughs> black man replaced by other black men. I was about to say, Dave, Did, I'm surprised you even noticed not, it wasn't Will. You know? <laughs> I didn't mean it that way. I wrote about it this week. They were identical characters. Yes, their skin is the same color. I get that. But I don't know if, if you had a, a white dead shot and then Idris Elba's blood sport, I'd say, these characters are really similar. <laughs> I love Idris, but I love Will more. They were the same character, though, weren't they? No. <laughs> will is will you can't replace that's that's will. fair yeah. that's fair yeah. that's fair that's right. will, will, yeah. fresh, fresh prince versus, versus heimdall yeah. there you go yeah <laughs> it was good i liked it it was it was grosser than i thought it was gonna be but okay hey it was still fun it was still entertaining harley is badass that was great and um starro i'm still out uh like what the ew and what the f all at the same time um but it was good and i liked it and um i guess you know hey if you don't go see it you're missing out um but i feel bad because a lot of effort and money was put out for this movie and yeah i think the first movie kind of ruined it for a lot of people because holy cow that um the uh the bad the bad lady in the first round was very lame (laughs) And I'll leave it at that. So, uh, Star. When, when you're outdone by a fucking giant starfish, yeah, Enchantress, <laughs> you done fucked up. <laughs> 
So, uh, but it was it was a good movie, and and it was it was a little shocking in parts for me, and I wasn't expecting a few things, but yeah, it was good, and I feel bad that it's bombing like that because it deserves to do better. I don't know. Bombing isn't the word. I mean, this is the thing: is is how do you measure success? And that ties into what Ray and Mags had talked about with NXT. How do you really measure success? What metric are you using? How do you define it? I mean, is it more important to be accepted and loved by your fan base? Or is it more important to be commercially successful? And that's a conundrum NXT has. That is the conundrum that Suicide Squad has as well. Critically, and the fans love it. I, Chris, I would say go watch it. I mean, it, it is worth your time. Don't James Gunn did it. He it, this it's there's a lot of Guardians of the Galaxy injected into this movie with a lot more maturity, a lot more f bombs. That sort of. It's not Guardians. It's not on that level. But it's different. It, so let me let me flip it for you like this. The only similarities are characters and the name. Other than that, it's a completely different movie than the first one. Yes, interesting. Uh, but because I can see the threads between the Suicide Squad and the Guardians of the Galaxy, like there's mm-hmm. some, yeah. Mm-hmm. So I can see that, and yeah, and James Gunn, yeah, he he knocked that out the park. So I'll check it out. I will. I'll check it out, and I'll report back. Yeah, I mean, there's no huge cock pieces, so you'll feel better about. <laughs> but there is a Amanda- lot, lot of explosions. Lot there of is explosions. Amanda Waller. There is Amanda Waller. And, and holy she, hell, she's a bitch. But, <laughs> um, I know we're kind of pressed for time because Ray's got other obligations. But you know, every week Patrick asks a question. Patrick O'Dowd has a question. Dave, on the other hand, has more discussions. So this is my Dave's discussion segment. You know, of the show, and you know, where I ask a question in 27 parts, that sort of thing. But uh, <laughs> the question I have for you guys is, and, and Chris kind of touched, kind of dangled that out there and, and gave me the idea about it. But, you know, we talked about whether Suicide Squad would make a good TV show, TV series, streaming series. Is there something that you've read or maybe thought about that hasn't made it to a streaming series yet that you think would be really good? And I want to kick it to Ray first in case he's got to cut out of here. And in case you do, Ray, in case you got a bail, let people know where they can check you out on social media. I know you've got your Burner Fern Gully account. We'll talk about that. But, uh, you know, where can people check out Ray Cash? And then you can answer the question. You can check me out at uh, Star Rose Butthole, 1996. Wow. 1996. Okay. Um, no, you can find me at It's Ray Cash, R E Y as Mysterio, C A S H as in dollars. I can't use my other burner, the real C flat, because he's actually here today. <laughs> um, to answer your question, so any of the ones I would have thought of immediately are, are happening. Like there was a runaway show, it was cool. It wasn't what I would have liked to have seen them do with it perfectly, but it was it was cool. It was casted perfectly. Cool. I want to see an Ironheart show. We're getting that eventually. I want to see a Hawkeye show. We're getting that eventually. In fact, I want to see a Hawkeye show so bad that I hated the fact that he had a wife because if you've read the Hawkeye comics, that's one of the best comics you'll ever read. But if there's anything that I could, I can say I'd like to see streaming is, um, Dave, you and I have talked about kind of the threads that have been kind of interweave, interwoven with the Civil Wars. So if we, uh, and I know we, we've had a Civil War already, but I mean, like, the things that happened with the Civil War, like the Secret Empire with Cap turning crooked, and these, and these things, like, I would love to see that happen in an episodic uh, show. Um, like Hydra Cap getting going from saying Hell Hydra to the end of it with 
real cap coming from out of the Kobe cube, like that would be so dope to kind of see play out in an episodic thread. Um, but other than that, Marvel's done a fantastic job of giving me what I want. From a DC perspective, Red Hood and the Outlaws, maybe. Yeah, I D- can't think of anything else. DC's got so much depth that they can get into, but it, it would leave you'd have to build up to it so much it'd be kind of hard. Chris, you read anything out there in in the comic world or anything that that you can think of that hasn't been turned into a streaming show that you'd be into? You know, it's funny, Dave, because I was sitting here thinking about that as as Ray was talking. I, I've been on a huge Night Rider kick the past couple of months, and I'm sitting there watching this, and and I know. NBC tried to remake it in the late aughts and it, it didn't work. But I don't understand how, with the right lead, a Knight Rider reboot couldn't work. It's just a, a cool-ass premise. It's a cool-ass show. Maybe you put a, a woman in the lead or, or a black guy to make it a little more contemporary. But I, I just don't understand why that wouldn't work and why we haven't tried that again. I mean, we've run out of ideas, so I'm sure we will. Go ahead, Ray. Because Kit, Kit is a Tesla. Okay, cool. I'll so watch I mean, a cool, yeah, I'll watch a cool guy or a cool chick ride around solving crimes and helping people in a Tesla. I'm, I'm here for that. Just I bring mean, back I... the theme song, you know. That <laughs> <laughs> was Kit in the original. Was it a Firebird, right? Yeah, it was a Pontiac Firebird. Trans-Am. Yeah, played by... Uh... Was it a Firebird oh, or Trans Was it a Trans Am? I think it's a Firebird, actually. I don't know. They're both Pontiacs. I know. Yeah, are. I know it's a Pontiac. They just, are. Yeah. It's just one's a really to, good uh... one and one's a kind of shittier one. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, something else that just popped in my head that I think would be really interesting as well is a Wolverine episodic series where he's just roaming the globe, kind of like Kane and Kung Fu, and he's just roaming the globe, getting into mischief and shit like that and helping people and whatnot. So basically, Wolverine before he gets to the X-Men. Yes. That, you, that you could, could e- work. Yeah. yeah. That could work. And, um, and another one that just popped in my head is a uh, Killmonger prequel. Start from his time growing up in in Oakland, through his time in the military, and you know how he became Killmonger. You know, Tana Heshi did a six episode miniseries on that last year, and it was so dope. Of basically what got him to that point, and like yeah, that I I I think that'd be dope too. We don't have enough Killmonger. Speaking of Killmonger, what if we got an episode of Killmonger coming up? Yeah, um, I hate that. They have such great characters. Killmonger, Ultron. I know we'll see the Vulture again, So, but Vulture is another one. Of these one-offs that were so good, and we may never see them again. It's a shame. Because Killmonger could be his own... Talk about a guy that could lead his own movie or series. Killmonger was a wartime king as well. If he would have been there instead of T'Challa, the only thing T'Challa did in that whole goddamn Infinity Wars was beat Cap in the 40-yard dash. Other than that, his strategy was garbage. It was trash. He wasn't a wartime king. Killmonger would have figured out a way to get Thanos. He would have aimed for the head, and everybody would have been good. Everybody would have been saved. T'Challa never had to do anything bad. (laughs) Who who did T'Challa beat up other than like some random white folk in M'Baku? Wow. (laughs) There would be no M'Baku slander on these airwaves, sir. Yeah. No slander. No slander. I'll rock with M'Baku. Nah, he, he did catch an L. He put him in that, uh, the tri- what is it, the Devil's Gate? Is that what the Undertaker calls it? The Triangle of Chokes? Hell's Gate. He put him in the rings of Saturn. That's yeah. what that was. <laughs> Brutalizer. Brutalizes his ass. The brutal, you're right. Sorry, I, I forgot Pod calls it the Brutalizer. You're right. So my answer to my own question is... um. 
Image Comics has a series called Saga. And I've mentioned this before. Please, if anybody's listening out there, please, God, turn this into a series. Because if you think Doom Patrol's batshit crazy, you ain't seen nothing yet until you got to Saga with, give me Lion Cat. Let me see Lion Cat for real. Let me see the Will having, you know, getting it on with the stalk, who's like a quasi spider sort of woman sort of thing. And, you know, hit her in her spinnerets, you know, that sort of thing. I mean, that's an actual real shit that they talk about on in this series. It is some of the craziest stuff. They got the craziest creatures. I think you could do some amazing stuff with Saga. It's it's next to The Walking Dead, probably the most popular image comic series of all time and me personally i'd like to see them bring back the six million dollar man chris talked about knight rider let's bring back steve austin not stone cold the other steve austin and and get him i mean if you want to make him six billion dollars fine make him six inflation we'll do an inflation adjustment and and bring back the six billion dollar man i'm trying to tell you Variant already did that. Vin Diesel is bloodshot. He's the $6 billion man. It already exists. And if we bring it back, random image comics or variant comics, shout out to Fables. You've been wanting that forever. Yes. Fables would be great. Savage Dragon would be fun. I think that'd be a really fun. (laughs) Give me me some Savage Dragon comics or or something like that. that That'd be awesome. Bring back to A-Team. Yeah, sure. You're talking about old school shows? Bring back to A-Team. Yeah. I love when a plan comes together. See, we've got we've got your streaming. I mean, they're doing Wheel of Time, so why not all this other crazy shit? Bring back Three's Company while we're at it. I'm sure you could do something crazy <laughs> with that. Yeah. Whoa, whoa, yeah. that already exists, but you got to go to a certain website. Oh, you're right, Ray. Sorry about the, that. The, the 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 flip would be that it would be two homosexual men, and the woman would be the Jack Tripper, and she had to act like she was gay because it was like a homosexual community or complex or something like that. That's how you would flip it. That and make it modernize. That if, might work. If you if if yeah. you play it where where you're not infringing upon making fun of that community, that could be really funny. Yeah, I've I've actually thought about that. Like that 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 ain't some shit that just came in my head. I've thought about that for a few years. And, and you know yeah. who got a star in it, right? You know who got to be the star, Billy fucking Porter. <laughs> I think we should give everybody our PayPal account numbers in case somebody's listening <laughs> and we just came up with a lot of ideas. Ray's is ferngully at paypal.me. So, you know. Or or cash uh, cash tag ferngully forever. Yeah. With a four. That's right. So that's not real. CD Platt. That is real. That is my cash. (laughs) 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 You never know, man. You shoot and hope for the best, man. You can't score if you don't shoot. I hear you. So that's going to do it for this episode of Bandwagon Nerds. We're out of here on episode number 92. Of course, a big thanks to my wife for filling in and giving us her wonderful opinions on a variety of topics today. Thank you for allowing me to be here. Thank you for allowing me to be in the room even. Yeah, I allowed you to be in the room. So, you know, that's that's right. It gets a little weird sometimes. But anyway, Ray, we've already got your information. Chris, let people know where can they check out the voice of the Chairshot Radio, Mr. Velvet Pipes. Kayleen, always a pleasure to see you and hear you. The pleasure's all mine. You're the only person associated with the chair shot that has a better voice than mine, and I always enjoy hearing it. Oh, thank you. I'll buy you a drink. It's nice, nice. That's <laughs> you gotta get it. It's out a day. One of these WrestleMania. I'm coming. I'm I'm, I'm going to be there in um in uh, L.A. for was that Mania 38? 
39. Not this one, but the next one. It's 39. It is 39. Dude, yeah, I'm going to be out there for that They're selling tickets for that on SeatGeek. I'm like, how are you guys doing that since before they've actually even <laughs> gone on sale for real? <laughs> That's hilarious. That's funny as hell. Uh, you guys can find me on Twitter at the Real C Platt. Make sure y'all go to ProWrestlingTees.com forward slash the chair shot. Pick up an official chair shot t-shirt to support the movement. Dave, always a pleasure, brother. Thank you for having me on. I do appreciate it. Uh, next time, I'll try not to be hungover. <laughs> Hungover's okay, and, 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 and I promise I, I will have done the homework as well. You'll actually like, like, Chris, you see this show? No. You'll Chris, actually, you seen this movie? No. <laughs> it's like, I'll do the homework next time, too. <laughs> you'll actually watch something. That'll that'll be helpful. So, yeah. nah, it's always a pleasure to have you on, Chris. Uh, and Ray, of course, Ray already left because he had to go to another podcast. That's how in-demand Ray Cash is nowadays. But, Chris, obviously a pleasure to always have you on this show. Thank you so much for filling in and, and you know, with with. Patrick gone and, and with PC Tunney, I don't know what he's doing. He's in some sand trap somewhere playing golf, probably drunk off his ass. Hopefully you hit him straight. It doesn't matter because you are more than a worthy replacement for the Platt Whisperer, you know, that sort of thing. But I, I thank you, of course, for being on the show. As far as me, you can check me out on Twitter at Attitude Ag. That is at Attitude A-G-G and on Facebook.com slash Attitude of Aggression. Of course, please check out Bandwagon Nerds official Twitter account at Bandwagon Nerds. That's going to do it for the 92nd episode of Bandwagon Nerds. Guys, get out of the basement. Don't go too far because Delta's out there. Kind of stay safe. Keep your masks on. Don't do anything stupid. Please stay safe out there. But do get out of the basement. Get some sun. Go check out Suicide Squad if you haven't done it yet. Go watch What If. Go watch This Is Pop. Until next week, you've been listening to Bandwagon Nerds on the ChairShot Radio Network, a part of the ChairShot.com. Some people call me Cyborg. Here to help. Nice eye. You're in my way. What's with the donkey? It sent us a message. Been chasing this flea bag all morning. Well, some kind of secrets or some shit. 
I saw footage of you and your pals messing up that diner. Wanna explain how you managed to obliterate the rest of the town? Oh, Cyborg! The guy who nobody asked to be here who pokes his nose into business that ain't his? Hi! Man, you must be one of now strays. You know the chief? I do. Why didn't you say you know the chief? Because watching you try to be effective is real distracting. Where is he? He's gone. Ground opened up. Swallowed him and the whole town. Our housemate Jane tried to save him. Now she's gone too. Sorry. I just need a second just to oh, no, go ahead. Yeah. get this straight. How does a band of circus freaks manage to screw up so badly that they lose their leader and the whole entire town at the same damn time? Hey, Monday morning QB. I don't feel good about it either. Did you see who made the hole? I was busy not getting swallowed by it. Where's the hole now? It swallowed itself. Did you see anything useful? Yes, damn it! The donkey! What's the donkey got to do with it? That's what I'm trying to figure out, asshole! Take it, that's Jane? <laughs>